Hello and welcome to the Supergirl Supercast. Today with a guest host from Norway, this is Nils Red, and with me I have Dan Drush, Mandy Self and Trish Madsen. Say hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. So, we're doing episode 7 and episode 8, Darkest Place and Medusa. And I think Dan was going to recap The Darkest Place for us. So, episode 7, The Darkest Places. We start out with a scene of Kara fighting what appears to be John, but then we jump back 24 hours earlier. And now we see everybody sitting around, having a good time at the bar, talking about this new vigilante guardian, and debating whether or not he's actually a good thing. But wait, where's Monel? Oh right, last episode he got captured by Cadmus, and now he's in jail. We jump back to the DEO where John is recovering from the parasite, but he's having hallucinations, and something nefarious is going on. We jump back to Guardian, out stopping crime, but after he hangs somebody up, oh no, some other guy comes and ends up just shooting the guy, and everybody thinks it's Guardian. So everybody's turned on Guardian and looking for him, and Car gets a message that he's out, and she goes to capture him. But as, on her way, she gets a message from Cadmus, and they reveal that they've got Monel, and she needs to come go save him. But when she goes, it's actually a setup, and Cyborg Superman, who looks like John Jones, is there waiting. And they fight, and he captures her. So while she's captured, they get her to drain her, drain her powers by using her heat vision, so they can get some of her blood. Back in the uh, Guardian plot, uh, James and Wynn figure out who this guy, prob- this vigilante probably is, and who his next target might be. So they go to clear Guardian's name by capturing the real killer. Meanwhile, Jeremiah, uh, Alex's and Kara's father, finds Kara and Monel in Cadmus's jail and breaks them out. We finish up with uh, James and Wynn fighting the uh, vigilante and eventually having Maggie and Alex show up and seeing that uh, Guardian isn't actually the one who's been killing people, but rather this other vigilante. Afterwards, we get everybody, you know, eating pizza and pot stickers and having a good time and all the relationship drama. Then finally, with the stinger, we see Cyborg Superman goes to the Fortress of Solitude. And the reason he needed Kara's blood was so he could access some information about something called Medusa. Dun, dun, dun. So I was thinking if uh, we can go around and um, you can... Tell me some points if there was something in the episode you'd like to talk about in particular. I want to start with, uh, I think the name Cyborg Superman is stupid. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. That was on my list, too. It's the most corny name ever. Also, I like how he knocks out Supergirl, so she's unconscious, and she's like, he, and he's like, I'm not Hank Henshaw. I'm Cyborg Superman. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Why? oh, yeah. Yeah, who says that? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was, I was rolling my eyes when he said that. I mean, mm-hmm. I understand it's from the comics, but it's just so bad. It does not like. Why would you call yourself that? There's literally a superhero called Cyborg. There's literally a superhero called Superman. Why would you call yourself Cyborg Superman? It just doesn't make sense. Apparently, he, he has very little imagination. <laughs> he, he doesn't even have the powers of Superman. And a very big ego. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, Superman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a very big one. And why talk to an unconscious person? Maybe it's like his affirmation that he does in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I am Superman. <laughs> I am strong enough. <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> I, I would like to point out, you know, I'm normally when I watch a superhero show or any other show, I don't 
um, pay attention to camera movement or anything like that. It's not something I usually take notice of, but I really love the camera motion in the bar when you go around and around and around the table. Mm-hmm. I think that was really good. I think that was a good good camera work. I really liked that the way they did that. Instead of flipping behind, flipping from face to face and everything, they just went around in circles while he was talking. And I have noted down, I love the Batman reference. Oh, yes. In the bar, I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he, what did she say? It's uh, my cousin worked with a vigilante. Lots of gadgets, lots of demons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that made me crack up. Yeah. I love that one. I like how they kind of do some of those subtle references to other things without yeah. coming out and saying it. And I have to, I have to say something. I didn't, I didn't get to be on the previous episodes, so I didn't get to say it then. But I want to say it now. This Superman is awesome. Yes, mm. yes, I like the Berlanti vs. Superman. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah, he's, he's got that right combination of earnestness and charm and and. Uh, uh, do-gooderism without being um, obnoxious about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice because he's fun. Like mm-hmm. He's not super serious like the movie Supermans have been. And he's not like campy, but he's just kind of, you know, like a lot of Supergirl and the show is, it's very, you know, fun without being crazy. Yeah, tonally, yeah. tonally they found mm-hmm. really the perfect Superman to go with Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. It's not like the Jeremiah Campy Superman from the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> so, isn't one of the big plots in this episode um, the whole John Jones is like turning into a white Martian, or is that in the previous episode? No, that's in this episode. It's a little bit in both. Yeah, it kind of starts in this episode. Um, I, I like that the way it kind of started was, you know. In last the episode before this was when uh, he got his uh, blood transfusion from Megan, and uh, this episode starts with her coming and bringing him alien chicken noodle soup. Yes, <laughs> yes. Which why do yes. they even have the ingredients for that alien chicken noodle soup on Earth? Like, is there like an alien farm somewhere? <laughs> I guess. I mean, one thing I remember her saying was like, "Oh, I use this instead of this." Because, you know, alien thing. But, yeah, it was like, uh, is there really that many ingredients you can get here? <laughs> well, apparently there's plenty, plenty, plenty aliens in the Berlantiverse. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they have an entire bar full. Yeah, yeah. They, must, they must have a thriving import-export business. Oh. <laughs> Someone somewhere is making a lot of money on them. <laughs> yes. Martian spices and such. Actually, actually... Now you say it, it kind of reminds me of the Men in Black when you have the alien shops, like you oh, have yeah. the, like you have Asian shops, you have alien shops. <laughs> <laughs> so and then we get to um, Monel in the jail cell, mm-hmm. and he's smack talking the jailer, <laughs> and I was laughing with so I was talking about uh, the customs. It, apparently, if you want something, you have to put a ring on it. <laughs> yeah. That cracked me up. All, all the uh, the alien trying to understand pop culture. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, baseball. That's that uh, that sport where you try to put the ball in the hoop, right? <laughs> yes, that's the one. Yeah, they do. 
they don't overplay it. You know, they just do a little of the the culture jokes every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, some some shows run that into gra- into the ground, I think. But this one, you know, yeah. just touches, makes a little joke, and then moves on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they, they do that in the next episode too with the the Thanksgiving tradition. <laughs> yes, but we'll yeah. get to that then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I have some in the previous one too when he was in the closet mm-hmm. with the in the in Catco. <laughs> I watched mm-hmm. that show with the doctors and the <laughs> and the closets. <laughs> yeah, so obviously this episode also focuses a lot on um, James and Wynn's shenanigans. And uh, Guardian. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was curious I, what you guys think about Guardian, because my opinions of him are not high. I kind of feel like <laughs> James doesn't feel like he can play second fiddle to a woman, so he has mm-hmm. to become his own vigilante. And I don't know if that's just my reading or if other people feel that way. I don't understand why everybody needs to be a superhero in these shows. Yes! Like, come on. The first season, it was great having, like, this team support Mm -hmm. and having, you know, Supergirl be the one hero. But now it's just like, oh, well, we've got to have James be a hero because, well, he's not doing anything else. And yeah. (laughs) And you're a vigilante. And you're a vigilante. And and everybody's really (laughs) kick ass at karate. Oh, yeah. It's that childhood training, you know, that all we all go through. Obviously, yeah. we could become vigilantes if we wanted to, right? Totally. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> you know. All right. I want to talk about journalism. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you are the head of a, of a huge uh, multimedia empire, you can do a lot more good by actually doing your job than by running out and, and beating up or trying to beat up muggers. It, it kills me how they're doing journalism in this show. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's why it comes across to me as like a macho thing on James's part, because mm-hmm. you're right. He has this job that he can change the world. Could yes. you imagine like being the head of Time magazine or something like that? Like mm-hmm. you shape the narrative of reality. But instead, because my best friend who's a female could punch people, I feel emasculated. So I have to go out and punch people, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. <laughs> and when does he actually have time to do his job? Since running around every night. Yeah, and then it, he's he and Win both are just so bad at about. Oh well, I I think that Guardian guy is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, guys, you are so transparent. <laughs> yeah, people aren't too bright in this universe. Like, mm-hmm. When it comes to subterfuge. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Win too. He's he could be doing better stuff than. Mm-hmm. Designing a one-off suit for some guy who's not in the DEO that Wynn now works for, which I'm sure is against regulations. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, shouldn't shouldn't he get fired from DEO once they find out that he's moonlighting as a vigilante's sidekick assistant? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, also, I'm not clear on this. Is Wynn still working at Catco? Because at one point he's at Catco and um, James is talking to uh, the editor guy, Snapper. Yeah. And like he comes in and he's like, I got something that only James can answer. I'm like, wait, don't you not work here anymore? Aren't you DEO full time? I had thought that. You know, I had yeah, thought that... from previous episodes that he had just started working at DEO and was no longer at Catco, but That's that's what I think yeah. too. I think just think is I think everybody works everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> There's no security yeah. at all. You know? Yeah. Wynn can just walk in there, James can walk into the DEO. Yeah, it's like an arrow, the uh, the arrow cave or whatever, where people just show up all the time. Like, I thought we upgraded the security here. 
Apparently, also, the security of the Fortress of Solitude is not very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I had a note about that. Uh, What's the guy? Kalex, the uh, robot that protects Mm -hmm. it? It's like, he gives you a lot of warnings to halt. He should have just destroyed him. (laughs) And the other thing is, like, he's like, halt, this is your final warning. Between, like, the second, uh, the first and third warnings, he did not move. He did halt. Yeah. <laughs> it, it should be like get out. Yeah, but if you have her blood, apparently you can hack the system even though you don't look anything like her, are mm-hmm. not Kryptonian and for some reason you're bleeding on the console. Like wouldn't the Fortress <laughs> yeah. of Solitude be concerned that Kara is bleeding? <laughs> and there's a, there's apparently no door on the Fortress of Solitude either. Yeah, just walk in there's snow all over the ground. I like I like the comic book version where you have, you have a key that weighs about 200 tons or something. Yeah. There is one thing, one other thing I was wondering about the Fortress of Solitude, which is that, you know, they take the one tool from it or whatever it was they came to get, and then they just trash the place. If you go to the Fortress of Solitude, is, is, isn't it like a treasure house of gadgets and... and uh, artifacts and stuff <laughs> all the knowledge of krypton right and and you just take one thing and trash it and leave that mm-hmm. that no yeah. no <laughs> i would take everything <laughs> yeah bring a big br- bring a bigger hard drive download all of that <laughs> heck steal the robot and start like trying to figure out how it works i mean <laughs> well he apparently could really easily reprogram it to, yeah. you know recognize kara but then still want to kill her yeah in in the comics it's supposed to be a lot lot of back cave you have trophies and you have gadgets and alien spaceships and room for sleeping and everything and most importantly there's a freaking door on the place (laughs) (laughs) you can't have a fortress if you don't have a door (laughs) isn't it part of the definition it's more of the plaza of solitude (laughs) (laughs) that's a good episode title (laughs) so what one other thing I wanted to touch on about aliens. So, isn't it like Daxamites are also pretty powerful on Earth, but somehow they have a lead allergy and can yes. be shot? That seems really inconvenient. Does yeah. he have any powers yeah. at all besides strength? He doesn't seem to yet. Yeah, I'm not super clear on that, but like, yeah, he, they just shoot him. And it's like, huh, I thought he was supposed to have superpowers. Yeah, if if you go by the, I think it was by the comic or something, it's supposed to be because Kara grew up on Earth and same with Superman. They've been saturated with the yellow sun. Hmm. It's the same if you come from Kryptonite and you just arrive on, on the planet, you get superpowers, but you don't get as much as Kara and hmm. Superman, if I remember correctly. It just takes time. Yeah. Presumably his physiology is also a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. If all that Monel has is strength, I think it's a bit unfair for uh, Supergirl to keep urging him to go out and be a, a superhero. Because yeah. yeah, especially if he can get shot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that's kind of a big deal. Yes. That's a big no-no. It also goes back to this idea that you don't have to punch people to be heroic. And Kara is mm-hmm. pushing him into, like, being out there like she is. Uh and it's just like, maybe there are other ways he can help. Absolutely. So you're saying not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying Kara needs a support team and not a whole team of vigilantes out there punching people. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if, if he goes out there, he, he needs armor, that's for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wynn needs to make him a suit. So. <laughs> yeah. He's apparently really good at making bulletproof suits. Yeah. That's a weird skill. <laughs> yeah. James gets pummeled by lots and lots of bullets by that uh, vigilante guy. Also grenades. Yeah. Grenades. As, as Wynn pointed out, I didn't realize he had grenades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, like, uh, I think the... Um, the other vigilante, I think he has some stormtrooper in his ancestry. He keeps <laughs> missing. <laughs> and then we get um, good old 90s Superman coming to the rescue after mm-hmm. they take her blood. So apparently he has full access to Cadmus's facilities because, you know, he lets him out real easy just using his key card. So I'm wondering kind of what the deal is with him and his relationship with Cadmus at this point. Yeah. I thought he was a captive, but doesn't seem so. Looks like he's working for him. Yeah, I think he's working for him because he's human. Other other than they've mm-hmm. experimented on him, so uh, they have no reason to have a vendetta against him. I don't know. They're they're probably keeping the family as hostage, right? I mean, they're not actually holding Alex in them, but they could go kill them, right? Yeah, I mm-hmm. think it has to be something like that. It's uh, you do as you say. We say, or we kill your family, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they be keeping him far away from Kara? And why wouldn't they even be keeping that knowledge away from him? Like, he should not have been aware that was happening. Like, it's his foster daughter. You don't tell the foster father you're experimenting on the foster daughter. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That usually doesn't end well. (laughs) (laughs) Unless they wanted Kara to escape. Yeah, that could be, but I don't think so. It doesn't look like it if you if you uh, if you go to the next episode. So I don't know. Is there anything else about this episode you want to touch? Or should we? So wh- one thing I I did write down is the um, the guy the vigilante was going after at the end when he's like pleading for his life. He had the worst argument ever at why the vigilante should not kill him. He said, "I got off. They let me go." It's like not. I didn't do it. It's <laughs> not not helping yourself. Yeah, this guy seems like he's real up on the you know law enforcement type thing, and you know follows the rules. So, <laughs> well, I have two two small points left about this episode. One is that um, <clears throat> when uh, uh, tw- at the end, when um, I think Monel was asking Kara about or somebody about arranged marriages, and they said, "No, we don't do that on Earth." I'd just like to point out that Earth is not a monoculture. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, just, I, uh, I found that problematic, you know, and, you know, we, we mm-hmm. talk in science fiction about, you know, uh, it's, it's just silly to show, you know, a desert planet or an ice planet or a planet where all the people are the same and have the same philosophy and stuff, you know, maybe. Anyway, it just bothered me a little bit. Yeah, they, they could have rewrote, rewritten that line somewhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could have just said here instead of on Earth. Right, yeah. right. Uh, also, I like how they start with this episode. Well, they've been kind of doing it all along of is Lena Luther evil or good? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they, of course, work that up a bit more this episode and then continue it next episode. But I just think they've mm-hmm. been doing a good job of... Uh, making her uh, ambiguous so far um, mm-hmm. through this episode. Yeah. 
And was it this episode where they revealed that um, the head of Cadmus was Lena's mother? Yes. Or was that earlier? No, that was this episode. Okay. Also, I have a question then. You know, we got Lex Luthor, Lena Luthor, (laughs) and now Lillian Luthor. Mm -hmm. Now, when when Lex's father was dating... His mother, was it a requirement that she had an L first name? I think so. <laughs> I mean, it could be that because he married someone with an L first name, they were like, let's continue this tradition. Maybe. Because <laughs> I've actually known families like that where the parents got married and they happened to have A names, so they named all their kids A names. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, let's see, because Lex's father is named Lionel. Right. Yes. <laughs> so we have Lionel, Lillian, Lex, and uh, Lena. Yeah, I think I think it's like um, when you when you hear this, you kind of wonder if the writer of the comics are a bit lazy. You know, it's like Stan Lee and his Peter Parker, and uh, is everything starts with a PP or a Bruce Banner? Cl- yeah. Cl- yeah, Clark Kent and Bruce Banner, everything. Well, I'm pretty sure I've read that um, one of the the original Superman writers' wife was named, her initials were LL, and so he he put that in for uh, uh, Lois Lane and, you know, everyone. Lena Luthor, Lana Lane. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, maybe everyone else has just followed that tradition of alliteration or maybe it's just easier mm-hmm. to remember for consistency from comic issue to issue <laughs> if you I think people- I think I think that was Stanley's uh, argument it was easier this way mm-hmm. yeah so then we're done with the darkest place then who was going to recap the Medusa I can recap Medusa shoot so it opens with Thanksgiving and uh the we had a Thanksgiving episode last season as well. And of course, nothing ever goes well on Thanksgiving. And for some reason, there seems to be a strange tradition in this family that we reveal deep secrets on Thanksgiving, which I don't know about you guys, but I don't do that on my family Thanksgiving. You know, let's let's not reveal deep secrets. Uh, so uh, James and Wynn want to reveal that they're vigilantes. But Alex is like, heck no, I'm going to reveal I'm gay. So you can't steal my thunder. Uh, so they have this kind of whole tiff during the thing. Uh, and, uh, of course, Monel shows up for his first Thanksgiving and brings stuffing, uh, <laughs> which, uh, it is was just corny, the, but I laughed. <laughs> the mattress stuffing. Cause apparently he has no access to Google. And, uh, w- right when, uh, Alex is about to reveal her, uh, situation, of course, there's a portal from nowhere. Uh, well, not from nowhere. We know where it's from. That interrupts everything. But of course, we immediately forget about that because why would we investigate random transdimensional porta- portals? Because we've got to get back to the main plot. So uh, they go to the DEO and they're worried about this whole, like, why did they kidnap Kara thing? So um, Kara goes up to the Fortress of Solitude. And learns about the Medusa virus from her father, which is the Kryptonians created a sort of ultimate weapon where uh, it would kill all aliens except Kryptonians. Um, and then um, this is very concerning to Kara. It's an- yet another thing that's like breaking her faith in her parents. But um, she knows that this is what, uh, of course, the bad guys have. And then um, <laughs> Cyborg Superman uh, attacks L-Corp, trying to get an isotope. And uh, Supergirl goes to stop him. Uh, but really, for some reason, Cyborg Superman seems to be almost as strong as her. And the only thing that 
gets her off is yet another sudden trans-dimensional portal that seems to be arriving right in time for... Plot reasons. Yes. <laughs> also during this, they uh, Kara tries to use her quote-unquote journalism skills, which I'm sure Trish has a lot of opinions on, to get information <laughs> out of... Uh, um, <laughs> Lena and of course it's like the most awkward thing ever because as soon as Supergirl leaves Lena calls her mom because she knows something's up because Supergirl is a terrible reporter and not sneaky at all and so this puts Lena back in contact with Lillian and then it seems like Lena and Lillian are teaming up oh no uh, and Lena willingly gives Lillian the isotope and uh, seems to be part of the Luther trend she seems to be bad so this all escalates into uh a kind of a showdown in front of an isotope launcher, a rocket launcher. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, it's not a bazooka. It's a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where they're going to launch the isotope into the air. Um, and uh, they do. They succeed. Lena presses the button because it is a test from her mother. But, oh, Lena tricked her. So it's not uh, the real isotope. It's a fake one. Everyone lives. Yay! Oh, and I forgot to mention Monel got poisoned by this gas at some point and uh, is sick. Uh, and so uh, Eliza is working on a cure, uh, and uh, Kara doesn't seem to care about quarantine policies. And as soon as uh, uh, he gets more sick, she just rushes into a cell. Uh, and because they're working on this cure, Eliza is also magically able to cure John's white Martianness and. Uh, Alex comes out, Maggie and Alex get together, they're kissing, yay, uh, and then Barry and Cisco arrive. Dun-dun-dun. Crossover. Dun-dun-dun. And I think that's pretty much the episode. <laughs> pretty much. So, can, can we just start talking about Thanksgiving dinner? Yes, <laughs> yes please. Yes. <laughs> so, so one, one, there was the stuffing, which, yeah, I get it, you know, he, there may not be stuffing on Krypton, but then later he says, what is science? Yes, it bothered me so much. Do they not have science on Daxum? Like, <laughs> well, if 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 Kara is to be believed, uh, Daxum is just full of frat boys. So <laughs> hey, hey, I, I went to a tech school. There are frat boy scientists, uh, which often results in drunken blowing up their own building, but it happens. <laughs> okay, that's a story for another time, though. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just, are they not letting him have access to a computer? Like, if I was asked to bring stuffing, I would Google it. I would see, yes, there's like stuffing you put in a pillow. And then, oh, look, what if I Google Thanksgiving and stuffing? No, that's the problem of assuming that you know and not realizing that there are things you don't know that you need to Google. He thought he knew what <laughs> stuffing was. He thought there was just one definition for, you know, why would a word mean more than one thing? I, I, would, I would think he would spend a lot of time on Google in his free time trying to learn stuff. <laughs> Since they keep discouraging him from going out and doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all, all he seems to do right now is go to that bar because <laughs> he is apparently a very regular because he can just knock on the uh, knock on the bar and a drink gets slid to him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I also like when they get to uh, Thanksgiving and it's like, oh, it's a tradition that we all go around some and say what we're thankful for and like three people get up right at once. It's like, Normally, it's like, oh, I don't want to be the first to talk. Like, but no, oh, all so three of them awkward. are just like, I have to. I have to. Yeah. And everybody is really, really, really thankful for Kara. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> well, they all want to reveal something to her, right? Well, not Alex, mm -hmm. but it's just like, yeah. 
this is not the place for this. Mo- aren't most families can- trying to keep the drama down at Thanksgiving? Why are they trying to amp the drama up? Like, just get through dinner. Well, if you only get together once a year at Thanksgiving and ignore all the other holidays, you this is the time <laughs> when you have to do your info dump. <laughs> we never see our mother ever. <laughs> At least Alex had the right idea. She had some real liquid confidence in her <laughs> to announce it to everybody. Which is the same thing she did last Thanksgiving, right? She got drunk and <laughs> revealed she was a. She ha- a she has problems with holidays, I think. <laughs> oh. I'm so I'm so I'm so glad we don't have Thanksgiving in Norway. <laughs> Usually, it involves just a lot more turkey and less family secrets and possibly more uh, politics. <laughs> And then the big portal thing comes on, and nobody gives that a second thought. Yeah, nobody's worried about it at all. Well, I think in the next scene, they hang a lantern on it. It's like, yeah, you know, the uh, fabric of space-time just got ripped open in your apartment. It's like, oh, okay, we're not going to look at that at all. We got other stuff to do. (laughs) Kara should know better. She's, She's been through one of those already. Or she's seen one of them, actually. She threw Barry through one, so... Yeah. yeah, or at least be like, hey, I think this is Barry, so we don't need to be concerned about it. But it could be a villain from Earth 2, or Earth 1, so... Or 3 or 4. So then, from there we go to... I can't remember, what happened next? Uh, we, we were next in, in Elcorp, where yes. uh, uh, Kara was using her super subtle interview skills <laughs> on Lena. Super subtle. Jeez. So what's your relationship with your mom like, huh? What's she up to? <laughs> this is not suspicious at all. I, I don't no. know why you would be suspicious. All right, so why didn't Lillian just sneak around Elcorp, since she has access to the building anyway, instead of sending um, <clears throat> Cyborg Superman to, to break his way in and stuff? Because action set piece. <laughs> yes, action set piece. And she probably hasn't good. Uh, she probably doesn't have access to everything. I would imagine. Also, I, I want to skip ahead to the uh, when Lillian comes to talk to Lena. I, I really enjoyed their conversation, and especially at the end when uh, Lena goes to her uh, and says that she's lying about all this stuff, and she's like, "How do you know I'm lying? Because you told me you loved me." <laughs> I said, "Oh snap!" <laughs> Dropped the mic. Yeah. Yes, we can see the mother-daughter dynamics uh, are just as unhappy for the Luthors as as uh, the father-son dynamics were in Smallville. <laughs> yeah, I was actually a bit worried because I was hoping we for once would see a good Luthor and not everybody being pathologically evil. So I was a bit worried when she gave her the isotope and everything. Like, geez, is this another one? Yeah, I agree. I, I was I was actually worried she was bad. And I've been, you know, I was like, oh, they cast, you know, Morgana from Merlin. So I'm already, you know, thinking she's a little bit bad. And then she's a Luther. So of course, she's bad. But I really don't want her to be I want her and Supergirl mm-hmm. to just be friends. And like, you know, Supergirl needs more girlfriends. She hangs out with yeah. too many guys. Yeah, I, I was mm-hmm. hoping because she was adopted, she wouldn't have the it wouldn't be in her genes to be evil like it is to the rest of the losers, apparently. <laughs> well, she seems to kind of redeem herself at the end of this. Like, Oh, I definitely think she redeemed herself. And not not only that, but that she was <laughs> playing Lillian all along. I agree. <laughs> and so I wrote down, yay, Lana, yay! Exclamation points. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had that in my head, too. <laughs> yeah. 
Although, I do have a scientific question about this. If she swapped out the isotope, how did they track that isotope when it left the building, if it wasn't actually that isotope? Well, first it's like hand-waving, <laughs> and then if you're going to do a head cannon, I think it's like she swapped out the isotope and kept the containers. Mm, or yeah, it's an isotope of the same element, but a different isotope. Ah, uh, yep. yeah, something like that. Head, yep. Uh, all right. Headcanon accepted. <laughs> yes, headcanon accepted. <laughs> or it's, what is science? We don't have science <laughs> in <Jackson. laughs> Uh Do we have any clue at all how Cadmus found out about Medusa in the first place? What What is what is Cadmus's knowledge of things Kryptonian that it heard about this thing and knew it to track it down? Wasn't this in the season one too? The other when they were trying to when the Kryptonians were trying to send off the virus in this wasn't that like Medusa or something? No, they they were they were doing something else. It was uh, I forget okay. what it was called, but it wasn't Medusa. It was some uh, like radio signal. Mm. And how did they know about Medusa? Who knows? Who knows? And uh, again, with the uh, the whole Daxamite uh, not knowing what stuffing or science is, <laughs> why why is a Kryptonian program named after uh, an Earth thing? What you mean? Myths aren't the same all across the world. It means something <laughs> like, else in in Kryptonian. <laughs> yeah, or you or you have the theory that it means hope. <laughs> <laughs> it means despair. <laughs> oh, my my head canon there is like you have the many of the earthly myths is been handed down from visitors from outer space. Oh, so the Stargate theory. Yeah, that's my ah. head, that's my head that's my head canon. All right. Yeah. You, you you can't think too much about this stuff, you know? So mm -hmm. the thing that probably bothered me the most in this episode is not even addressed very much, but it's that suddenly John doesn't have to deal with the fact that he was turning into a white Martian. Like, magically, he's a green Martian again because Eliza cured him. I was like, I thought that would be like a multi-episode story arc of him having mm -hmm. to come to terms with the fact that maybe white Martians aren't inherently evil. And that's, you know, him and <laughs> Magan, like, uh, you know, becoming better friends because of this. But no, no. Instead, he's just magically a green Martian again because we can make this virus different to ki kill the alien mm -hmm. in you. That, that's just weird. <laughs> yep. I, too, was hoping for more co a more complex arc there. Yeah, because in in the last episode and this one, like John is a huge racist. Yes, you know you're a white Martian, so you are evil, and I'm going to blame you for everything every white Martian ever did. Yeah. Well, to be fair, if your whole species except you was wiped out by another species, you would I would harbor a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, on, but on the other hand, most uh, Jewish people I know don't harbor grudges of people of German descent. So, hmm. you know, and they did like try to do that historically. It's been yeah. 300 years. Like, she's come to this planet to atone for herself. And yes, you can be angry at mm -hmm. her. Like, I understand that. She was part of a bad organization. But now you've been infused with German blood. So obviously you're going to become a Nazi. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works, right? Um. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah he's, he's a bit racist there. But, you know, I was hoping that he would turn into White Motion, actually. And like you say, come to terms with the fact that he doesn't have to be evil because of it. Yeah, and apparently uh, Kara's dad is also a racist oh, with, yeah. his, um, with his uh, biological weapon that kills everybody but uh, Kryptonians and also humans. No, they, they changed it on Earth so it didn't kill humans. Yeah. But, yeah. but they didn't change it to kill Kryptonians then? Yeah, why didn't 
back in episode seven, why didn't they just kill her after they got her blood? She was already vulnerable. Why did they put her back in the cell to regain her strength? Unless they want her for something else. That's a very good question. Also, they're like, oh yeah, you recharged by the uh, the sun. We're going to drain you of all your sun power and then leave you in a cell that has windows to the outside. <laughs> good thinking. It's her show, so she can't die. <laughs> Well, I guess Lillian married into the Luthers, so she's not a super genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know when they when they shoot up the not not the bazooka thing, but the The missile the, launcher. The missile launcher, yeah. <laughs> you get to see a lot of um you know, flashbys or something like that. And this there's apparently a very, very big large group of aliens walking around looking like aliens. And people doesn't seem to mind. Yeah. <laughs> you see the cab driver? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, okay, so I, I did have a question that came up with this. We saw this alien guy in, a, in like, a business attire looking out. And I'm like, does he just, like, go to work and look like an alien? Are yeah. people okay with that? Well, or does he have a disguise that he's just not wearing there? The Alien Amnesty Act has already been signed, right? So technically they can oh, yeah, be I out and about, about now. But yeah, it, it could be just for the convenience of the viewer. We're seeing their internal as opposed to whatever external disguise they have. But yeah, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if so, if that's the case, then we should see a lot more aliens out and about in the streets when they're, when they're doing outside shooting. I feel like there should be alien support groups other than the bar. Yes. Like- <laughs> yeah. T- typically, you know, you don't want to resort to alcoholism for support but (laughs) (laughs) or why can't it be like an alien coffee shop you know like let's not encourage monel and his vices just just (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you could could do that now i assume that there are aliens all over the world and not just in in this one city um so why are they all in hiding in the first place well, the first season wasn't like a big part of the reason there were a lot of aliens was because Fort Roz crashed on Earth. Yeah, but all those aliens would be bad. Yeah. So where did all the other aliens come from? Did they like land over the years or because there's a lot of them. It's funny how in the Berlantiverse, um, you know, the, the Flash Flash's world and everything and has has a bunch of parallels. There are just slight alterations in that timeline. Um and yet, here's this parallel Earth where there are aliens and and no natural human superpowered people, and it's just a little odd. Yeah, they have all the metahumans, and we got all the aliens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. So, speaking of aliens, we get that little stinger at the end with uh, the two aliens on the ship looking for Monel. Yes. Did. It- did any did the uh, their outfits remind anybody else of Kylo Ren? <laughs> oh my, yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that till you pointed it out. But yes, <laughs> which given angry emo Kylo Ren and uh, the whole Daxamite world of jerks, that <laughs> kind of <laughs> goes together. <laughs> kind of fits, yeah, yeah. I actually forgot about that scene before we mentioned it. They're clearly setting up for some other plot thing we don't know about yet. Yeah. And then we got Cisco and Barry Allen jumping in. Kicking off the huge crossover event, which, man, the Supergirl, the show, kind of got the short end of that stick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This this episode didn't really have anything to do with the, 
the crossover, except that little stinger being like, oh, here, they're here. We're going to start something. Go watch these other shows. My only theory on that is that there might be a lot of people who watch Supergirl who don't watch the other shows because it was on a different network. And so mm. they didn't want to heavy hand it and force all these people to watch other shows they didn't want to watch. I, I don't know. One thing I liked about it was how uh, Oliver Arrow was uh, so suspicious of Kara the alien at first. Yes. And uh, so continuing our theme of racism across the shows. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah. eventually she saved him and he decided she was okay after all. <laughs> yeah. You had, you, you were friends with a, with a couple of metahumans and some time travelers and every other kind of stuff. And no, but, but aliens, no. That's but aliens, no. No, no. <laughs> I was really interested and uh, that the crossover kind of posited Barry in charge of this group. Because I feel like the only thing Arrow offers anymore as a person, like in in a big group like this, not not as a show, but the character is his leadership and experience, right? Like he has no superpowers. He he can't fly. Uh, he's uh, compared to everyone else. He's way underpowered. So I I would have thought he'd be the leader because he has this history of leading a team. And so it was interesting to me that they posited Barry as the leader. And of course, everyone was angsty about it because that was kind of the whole crossover. Was everyone being angsty at Barry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Oliver is decisive, but he has no people skills. Um, yes. <laughs> he is not a person who can herd cats or or people with ideas or <laughs> people who've been betrayed by him. Or <laughs> uh, So, you know, I, I, uh, people like Barry and they want him to like them. And that's a good start for getting people to agree on things. Well, in the crossover event, I don't think many people liked him that much. Yes. <laughs> oh, good point. Fair, fair. That's true. But everyone likes Kara. <laughs> well, I guess, do we have any more feelings on these episodes? Oh, yeah. We have to talk about something very important from the uh, Medusa episode, which is that we got not one, but two kisses. Yes, relationships. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the kissing. All the kissing. <laughs> No, one of one of the parts of the beginning of the episode when um when Monel first is getting sick, they're having this relationship uh conversation and then like Monel gets sick right then. I'm like, I think he might just be faking to get out of this conversation right now. <laughs> well, he definitely faked the amnesia later. Mm, yes. That was the most middle school conversation I have ever heard in a show about adults. Do you like me? Of course I like you. But do you like me like me? Does, does Monel even know what like me? Like, he doesn't even know what that means. That's a middle school concept, mm-hmm. Kara. Like, yep. Or, well, he he brings that up when she's like, oh, do you have a crush on me? It's like, crush? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to mate with me? Oh, <laughs> talk about jumping to the gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I liked earlier when he's like, is Kara mating with anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then the whole redacted kiss. Just asking. No reason. (laughs) I I hate when they do that, that he's pretending to forgot the kiss. You know, it's like, why? Come on, man. Just own up to it. Yeah, man up. Why would he act like he forgot the kiss? Because he was obviously interested in in the other episode. So why did he like... He's afraid of the awkwardness if Kara doesn't like him. Well, it wouldn't be a CW show without, you know, lots of relationship drama. And repressed yeah. feelings. <laughs> I like the Alex-Maggie relationship drama. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I, Absolutely. 
I don't like, oh, you're an alien. I'm an alien. Why, why don't we get together? <laughs> yeah, I, I was happy when Maggie come, came back to um, to her because I, I, liked it. I liked that character a lot. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was feeling really bad for Alex after Maggie was basically like, I don't date people who are newly out. And I was like, oh, my heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go get your heart broken by some a couple of other people before we try anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's cold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I understand, uh, you know, Maggie's perspective that she's afraid that Alex doesn't really know what she's feeling and it won't be serious. But I'm just mm-hmm. like, we like Alex. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. she's one of our main characters. We want her to be happy. Don't break her heart. <laughs> well, I thought it was kind of an odd attitude for Maggie to take, given that, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't, didn't she say before all this that she was more into casual relationships or something? Um, so why wouldn't she be willing to date a newbie for a while and then let her move on? But maybe I'm misremembering. I don't know. Relationships are complicated. <laughs> Especially in the on the tele. <laughs> yeah. More complicated on television than in real life, perhaps, because you know mm-hmm. they have to create yeah. drama. <laughs> so it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting to see how Manel handles this in the later episodes. I just does every boy who comes into contact with Kara have to fall in love with her? I think it's a Kryptonite thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kryptonian pheromones. Yeah, <laughs> the humans just can't resist. Neither can the Daxamites. Mm-hmm. She's also bubbly and and nice and beautiful, so not totally unrealistic. I think we touched on everything now. I think we hit all the high points. Yeah, you got some low points you want to touch on? (laughs) (laughs) I think we hit hit on those, too. (laughs) Yeah. So this was fun. I actually had to host this to get on it, so suck it, (laughs) random.org. So, but it, it was fun. I think we, uh, I think we did what we were supposed to do. So, same time, same place, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Whenever your podcast client downloads the new episode, yes, that's correct. So, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> it was fun. Goodbye. Thanks for hosting. Yeah. So, what is yeah. science? <laughs> what is science? <laughs> that was going to be my line. <laughs> you stole his line. <laughs> So, so our episode title should be Plaza of Solitude and What is Science? <laughs> yes, yes. No, yeah, Plaza of Solitude. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs>